we're back again. The Things Christians Want to Know podcast. Paul Anderson. Good day. Good day. I was going to say good evening, but I don't know if it's a good evening to those who are listening. It might be a good morning. Good whatever time of day it is yes. for you. Or for yes. those who don't believe in time, good no time. <laughs> That's a thing I just read about, that there are people who don't believe in time. Oh my. We don't have to go there right now, but maybe on my brother's podcast, he and I will do that. Um, so I kind of cut you off last time for time reasons. We were talking about... Um, can Christians serve pagan leaders? And we talked about that, you know, even if our, the leaders are pagan, we probably, you know, still need to submit, at least to a degree. And Paul talks a lot about that in Romans 13. Um, there's a line, though. Certainly murdering a lot of people is, is a line that we don't cross. And, and, and where that line is, though, I think really depends on the specific situation. And that's a tough one. Um, here's another tough one. Can Christians serve pagan leaders? And by serve, I mean, like, work for. Help the administration of. A pagan leader, or maybe even an evil leader. Well, what about Daniel? You've got Daniel serving uh, a oriental despot who uh, was evil, who was self-centered, and yet he served him. He interpreted his dreams. He helped him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Both but of then them. It went. He, he helped Nebuchadnezzar and Darius. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. The government changed. Hand. Yes. And he served the next ruler. Yeah. So I think it's possible. A lot possible, of people have a problem with that, I feel like. <laughs> I think it's possible to serve someone who is, whose purposes are not certainly godly, who, who is selfish. Uh, I, think, I think a line has to be drawn, but Daniel didn't draw it there. He continued to serve him, but then he warned him. That's pretty bold for him to, to warn Nebuchadnezzar to cut, cut this out. To stop it. Yeah, he said stuff that you would expect him to get killed for. Yeah. And, and obviously he, he wouldn't worship. He wouldn't worship the emperor, which was a no. And, and then the three that wouldn't bow down, yep. they they uh, uh, they were in the court, but they didn't bow down. So you've got examples of uh, certainly honoring that position. And sir, I mean, Daniel helped the, helped the administration of the empire. For sure, sure he did. And I think you could argue the same about Joseph. I mean, the Pharaoh is not typically a hero in Scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think any Pharaoh is, is portrayed particularly positively. Um, and Abraham's day was portrayed not as bad as it was later. Um, but they typically tended not to be on God's side, right? I think we can mm -hmm. agree on that one. Yeah. Um, Joseph, though, he helped the Pharaoh. He helped the Pharaoh to save Egypt. He did, in fact. If, if it's an evil government and an evil country, don't you hasten, try to hasten their downfall? Wouldn't that be better? See, that's my natural thought. Again, as I have said many times during the last few weeks, uh, my mind is not yet fully sanctified. And I have a tendency to automatically kind of go certain places that it seems like the Bible doesn't. We, now, we need to really hear from God I, on these matters. I think, I think, think that we at. can't say... This one, yes, that one, no. I think we have to hear from God. And there was a reason that God used uh, Daniel in Nebuchadnezzar's life. We may meet him in heaven because the words that he speaks, the end of it chapter like four, real repentance. Yeah. it sounded like he may have not only repented, but come to a place of surrender to this God that, that uh, overrode his position yeah it's possible 
Yeah. And in both cases of Joseph and Daniel, I think one could argue that the reason it was okay, or the reason God told them to, was to save Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, in Joseph's case, it was to save Israel, but it led to their slavery too, which was also really bad. Way to go, Joe. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming, prophet. Um, <laughs> and, and Daniel too, to save Israel, who had been, you know, or Judah, who had been taken as slaves. Mm-hmm. Daniel, being in the position he was in, probably made them think pretty favorably in Babylon of the Jews, mm-hmm. you know? And so you could argue that there was, there's purpose behind it that they may not have even known about. But both guys heard from God. They're both prophets. They both, you know, felt like God was leading them to do what they were going to do. I, but I feel like if someone was like, yeah, I was told to, you know, help Hitler out with such and such, I certainly wouldn't condemn them for saying, uh, no. Um, if someone were to say, I, you know, I defected from North Korea, but before that I, I worked for the government. I don't know of anyone who would not call Dietrich Bonhoeffer a hero. Yeah. When Lutherans and Catholics were silent and he was a Lutheran who spoke out, lost his life because of it after the war was over, I, uh, we call him a hero. And he resisted. He boldly resisted. Yeah. I think he was right. So I, I guess where I'm at on that question is, can Christians serve, justifiably serve terrible leaders, pagan leaders, truly evil leaders? Looks like... I think it's possible. possible. It's possible. It's possibly within God's will, but it's very possibly not. Mm-hmm. And it, that really has to be the Lord mm-hmm. telling you, you know, what to do. That's a good answer. I, I, Is I that a cop-out? I don't I, think we can... I mean, s- I kind of feel like it. it's a cop-out, but I, I also think... I can't think of a better answer. Yeah. So, sort of going along with that, we've talked about different forms of government, and we, we seem to be landing on the idea that uh, authoritarian forms of government in general are bad. They tend Mm -hmm. to oppress people. All the bad examples we we have brought up are that kind of government. We live in a democratic republic. America is not a a true democracy, never was, but but we live in a democratic republic. Mm -hmm. And so there's democratic elements of all the people voting, voting in, and then you have the republic elements of people who are then representative for those people, and they're the ones that actually make the decisions. And that's the difference between a democracy. and In a pure democracy, the people would vote for basically everything. And if something was against the will of the people, it wouldn't happen. Um, versus you vote in people that now you trust to lead for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was Rome. You know, we're, We have more democracy than Rome did, and, and our democracy is more free now than Rome's was. When we, when we were first started, you had to be a white male who owned a certain amount of land or you couldn't vote. Um, if you didn't own enough land, you couldn't vote. Um, and then they said, okay, all white males can vote. And then eventually women got the right to vote, which was only like a hundred years ago, by the way, mm-hmm. which is insane to me. And, you know, eventually black people could vote. And um, now everybody votes unless you have committed a felony in some states. Um, so we have a democratic republic People often talk about how that is the most godly form of government that's ever existed. Mostly those people are maybe mixing up their passport like we talked about a few weeks ago and holding their American passport a little bit higher than their kingdom of God passport. 
Um, what, do you, what would you say, yay or nay, is democracy a godly form of government? Inherently. No, it's not an anti. Uh, it, I, I, I'd put it in the, re the reverse, because it's not an anti-Christian. Whether it's Christian or not is not the issue. It's not a Christian form of government, but it's not anti-Christian. And mm -hmm. so we, we can use it to our advantage. And there are, there are some democratic elements that we see in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. There's a few in the Old, but mostly in the New. Like Paul said, choose from among yourselves elders. Mm -hmm. So choose from among yourselves. That, that sounds fairly democratic, right? Yeah. But then there are other times where Paul appoints elders. And that's nobody's choice but Paul's. Mm -hmm. um, so there's both. And then there's times where they choose things by casting dice. Seven, you're it. <laughs> now we, <laughs> that's like neuromancy. I mean, that is very common in the religions of, of the region in that day, but you see it all throughout scripture. And that's one that I'd, I'd be interested to know at what point the church gave that one up. <laughs> but we have given the whole cast dice thing up um, somewhere along the line. Um, but, you know, we are very biased. We grew up in, in America. We, we experienced all the benefits of a demo democracy, of a democratic republic. Um, I agree that it's not inherently Christian. Um, I actually like Churchill. Can I quote Winston Churchill? Hey, come on. You should quote Winston Churchill every podcast. So he said this on November 11th, 1947, because it says that here, so I know it. Uh, Many forms of government have been tried and will be tried in this world of sin and woe. No one pretends that democracy is perfect or all-wise. Indeed, it has been said that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all those other forms of government that have been tried. <laughs> and that is my opinion. I think democracy is a oppressive and, and horrible form of government, but it's still the best one that we have. And as we do that dance between having our citizenship in, primarily in the kingdom of God, but still being part of this world, um, I, I think that democracy is a positive thing. And I like that because when you compare it to all the other forms of government, it's not as bad. Mm -hmm. Far, far less people get systematically slaughtered, you know, in democracy. Hitler, of course, is the big exception. Nazi Germany came out of democracy. And so that it's not that it's perfect and it's not that it always works uh, out to everyone's advantage. Um, did you want to say anything else on that? No, you said it. Um, another question was... Why is there a separation of church and state? Or, or what's that about? Why do we have that? Um, we, we could certainly do a whole podcast series on the separation of church and state. Um, the phrase is not in, it's not in the Constitution. It's not in the Bill of Rights. It was an interpretation of um, the article that says there will be no establishment of a religion. And that means there's not going to be a state church. So we talked about um, Germany yesterday or in the last podcast, and how the Lutheran church was a state church. Many churches in Europe are state churches. And so a lot of the folks um, in America when it was founded were British citizens prior to that, right? Because they were mm -hmm. British colonies. Whether they were British originally or not, they were now British colonies, they're now British. Um, they have a state church, and that church oppressed anyone who wasn't a part of that state church. A long history of burning people at the stake, until very recently, you know? Um, and so they're like, we don't want that. Because this country was founded by, you know, French Huguenots and, and, and um, Puritans and Quakers and uh, Baptists 
who all fled Europe or were kicked out of Europe and wanted a place where they could worship God freely. And so the founders, the founders who themselves were multiple different denominations of those, of those folks mm -hmm. um, said, we can all get along and we're not going to have a state church. So there's no established religion. And then after that came this, con this concept of separation of church and state as a way to interpret that. Um, originally, it was meant to protect, uh, I think, a group of Baptists, uh, maybe in Massachusetts, I forget what state, who wanted to preach the gospel and tell other people about Jesus and convert, because baptism is a very, or the Baptist denomination is very proselytizing, right? Mm -hmm. And so they want to get people, baptize them. And some people found that offensive. They didn't like that. And so this idea of, nope, there's a, we can't, as a state, tell the Baptists they can't do that. There's a separation there that we can't cross that line until the Baptists, they can't baptize folks. And so that's where that first started being used, I think. So, yeah, it exists. Um, the question is, you know, how is the government going to use it? It was originally intended to protect the rights of religious people. Mm -hmm. That's what the separated sort of church and state was. As with many th things back then, they had just come out of authoritarianism. And so their primary concern is protecting the citizens from the government protecting the citizens from the government. And so the separation of church and state was to protect believing people of whatever faith from the government interfering with them. Later on, people who didn't care much, as much about you know, people of faith said, well, it works the other way too. Mm. And so we shouldn't have any religious stuff involved in government. And there are still, there, this is a very hot issue today. So we should take you know, courtrooms often have the Ten Commandments and, and uh, state assemblies and the National Senate and that sort of thing have chaplains. And there are a lot of people that, who think we should do away with all of that because that doesn't have separation of church and state. Um, my understanding of that idea is that that's not what separation of church and state was about. It was to protect the rights of people. But um, I'm not sure what exactly folks were going for. Um, when this question came up, but hopefully that sort of talks about what the issue is. Did you have any other thoughts? You did very well. And I'm not an expert the, at all. That's just my understanding. Well, so if you're better in civics than I am. Uh, oh, I'm much better than that. I <laughs> Feel free to let me know. I'm, I'm listening. I'm learning. Thank you. Good podcast. Good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can dust a little <laughs> civics lesson in, in, here and there. And, and obviously the, the, pro, the, the good thing and difficult thing about democratic government like we have is as new leaders come in, they interpret things differently. Sure. And so you have people who are interpreting the Constitution as, no, we can, we can change what it meant back then. Yet we agree that's what it meant, but we can change that for our different needs today. And that's where the country gets very divided of what they okay. think. Um, can I read the next one or do you want to? Sure. Go for it. Is honor due, I think I know where this guy's going, is honor due to anyone who is leading a country? So do we always, no matter what, have to honor our leader? This is a, this is a hard one. And I'm going to say no. Okay. And I'm mm -hmm. going to use the government of North Korea as, as an example. Oh, I don't sorry, know North Korea. You're anything, getting, you're getting anything nailed. good, anything uh, redemptive in what Kim is doing. And I think he needs to be resisted. And I think to honor someone like that, I know you're going to use as an example, uh, Nero, who 
was probably of the same nature as Kim, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he and he needed to be honored. So uh, I don't know if I've got a good case, but when I see what he is doing, I see nothing close to redemptive, and I say honor is, okay. does not work for him. Yep, yep, yep. How about the concept of, first of all, I think we would have to, to really do this justice, we'd have to talk for a long time about what honor really is. Yes. And what it means to honor someone. But what if I put it this way? Honoring the person versus honoring the office. Office, yes. Honoring person, the leader. No. And yes. so, for example, someone's like, I honor the leader. Mm -hmm. So when I think of this person, I know people who don't honor President Trump because they don't like him. And my argument would be, whether you like him or not isn't the point. You do have to give honor to the leader of the country. Mm -hmm. Just like you have to give honor to the leader of the Congress. You yes. know, I think you have to honor those leaders. I separate that, though, from the person. I don't like their politics. I disagree with them, blah, 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 blah. Certainly, if you're talking about something, someone who is genuinely evil, mm -hmm. like Kim, like Mao, Mao I mean, like, you've got some people who, who are just... We're talking about evil you could never understand. Genghis Khan killed a tenth of the world. Mm -hmm. Killed one out of every ten people. In Mongolia, more than 10%, I think it's like 16% of all men in Mongolia are descended from Genghis Khan. Mm. They have his Y chromosome. That's how many people he raped. Mm. Everyone, because <laughs> most are still, it's, you, you, there is, there's been evil in this world who, that is beyond calculation. So obviously I understand that you, there are people that we're not going to submit to and not going to agree with, but, but my, my, my caveat would be, can you honor the office of the leader? Because Peter still says, Hey, honor the yeah. emperor, honor the yeah. emperor. Paul still says they're, they're still a servant of God. There's no authority. Romans 13, there's no authority that wasn't. Uh, put there by God. And okay. people hate that verse. <laughs> I'll say maybe then. May, so is it, that, that's the question. Can you honor the authority, the office, yeah. the position, and say, I disagree with the person, maybe vehemently, but I honor the position. Yeah. And I think you could say that. I can say that. Yeah, Some people may have a hard time. I can say that. The question is then what next? How, do you, how, how does that affect how you respond now to that person? And at what point are you not honoring them? And at what point is it okay? Like, can you say, I'm going to honor the person. I'm not going to make fun of the person or whatever, but I'm going to say I disagree with their politics or I disagree with this policy. That's what I tried to do. There have been presidents that I have really not liked, governors, other people in, in government that I have not liked. And what I've tried to do in order to try to obey the scripture here um, is to say, I, I strongly disagree with this policy. Mm -hmm. I strongly disagree with this person's views mm -hmm. on this, mm -hmm. but I honor or respect the office. But that's, it's tough. I feel like the more honor, the better, though. As the church, I think we're called to honor, to honor one another. So I think that's good. What, can I pray? What about you? I want to pray a specific prayer to end that. Father, I, I hope you help us to honor more. Mm -hmm. um, to honor each other more and especially to honor people that disagree with us. Mm -hmm. I am saddened when I look at social media, especially 
at how much fighting there is and name calling and, and, and ridicule between people that I know, people that I respect, people that I love. It, it really disheartens me when I see that. And I, I pray, I'm not praying for uniformity of belief, but I'm praying for more honor, that we could honor one another better as Christians first. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to start in the household of God, that we could honor one another better as Christians and say, hey, I disagree with your views, but you're still my sister in Christ. You're still my brother in Christ. And that once we maybe get a little better at honoring one another, that we could start honoring others as well. Um, I think this country wouldn't be in a position where there's so much violence, death, burning of buildings, and looting if there was more honor. Mm-hmm. And so I pray that you would, and that's, that's an us problem. That's not a you problem. God, that's so help us. I I confess to you the times that I have not honored my brothers and sisters in Christ well, and I receive your forgiveness for that. And I ask you to help us to do that better, even in an election year. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.